plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Hello, Power Partners. It's Star Style. Be the star you are. It is Wednesdays, and we are here with you on our Wednesdays with writers and performers. So we're so glad that you've joined us. We're coming to you live. My name is Cynthia Bryan, and we are here to uh, help you seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. We have a really fun show uh, for you today, hopefully, and we're going to uh, give you some tips on how you can lower your utility bills, especially your phone bills. We'll also talk about this whole new thing of telemedicine that is in uh, segment three. And coming up in segment two is our Authors Guild author for the week. Uh, a Scandal at Crystalline is the name of her book, Roslyn Reed. And it's a really funny mystery novel set in Maine. And it has a sinister side of uh, Raku pottery. There's uh, info on a pig in it and a couple of interesting private detectives. I think you're going to find it quite fun. So make sure you're tuned in for segment two. The miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are. And Be The Star You Are is uh, supporting Operation Disaster Relief. Because of all the hurricanes and fires, we will be working on this actual disaster relief soon. At the moment, we are doing our Wednesdays with writers and performers and Super Smart Sundays to give uh, to give authors and actors uh, and artists and other creatives a voice during this time of COVID because they don't have any place to go. And this is from one of my favorite authors who's been on a, a guest on the show before. He's now living in heaven, but he was a guest several times, and I really love his work. It's Wayne Dyer. And what he said is, with everything that has to happen to you, you can either feel sorry for yourself or treat what has happened as a gift. Everything is either an opportunity to grow or an obstacle to keep you from growing, and you get to choose. Well, this has really been a year of us having to choose whether we can uh, grow from the obstacles or if we're going to, uh, you know, just dive into despair. There has been, last week I told you that there were fires here in California. As you know, they're still raging. They're not contained. It's been really, really uh, very, very smoky, almost unable to breathe. Uh, there was uh, something like, over five or 600 fires over the whole state. And of course, firefighters were just worked to the max. But fortunately, there, haven't, there have been deaths, but not too many, but thousands and thousands of acres have burned. Now, these hundreds of wildfires that have been ravaging the state 
especially up here in the north and also in the central part, have badly deteriorated the air quality over large swaths where residents are already at high risk of pulmonary disease because of COVID-19 pandemic. And most, if not all, major urban areas in California have been affected by the poor air quality for a full week. And that's according to the California Air Resources Board. They said at the highest level of PM2.5, which are the fine particles that can reach deep into your lungs, those are what have been registered. And as of two days ago, a third of our golden state was deemed to have air unhealthy for all members of the general public. And that's according to the EPA's air quality index. The assessment included such highly populated spots as San Francisco Bay Area and the capital city of Sacramento, Fresno, of course, Los Angeles as well. And at times during the past few days, parts of the Bay Area where I am have been blanketed in this layer of ash and it's supposedly the worst air quality that's that is in the world, including being worse than New Delhi. And I was in New Delhi, India last year, and I could not breathe there. You couldn't see out the windows, you know, 100 feet because there was so much ash and smog and fog and everything all mixed together because people were burning everything. And you you would go into the hotel and they would have a meter that said how they kept the air quality there. And then you go outside and you just were like hit with it. And that's how it's been here. I have um, literally, and here I am, an outdoors woman who just would rather spend out time outside than any place else. I have been inside for a full week, only going out to uh, check on my animals, to feed my animals, and to do uh, fix some pipes that broke. Of course, wouldn't that be just the right thing is that your main water line breaks right in the midst of fires. But anyway, the concentration has been so bad that um, they've been comparing our area, this whole northern California, to a city like New Delhi, which is known for its poor air quality. And even Healthy people are reporting headaches, bloody noses um, during this uh, smoke event. And actually, it happened yet last week. I was writing an article, and all of a sudden, I had was had blood all over me, and my nose was bleeding, and I was inside. So that I never get nosebleeds. So I can tell you firsthand, this has been bad, and you can probably even hear it in my voice, even though I'm drinking lots of water, putting lemon in it drinking tea. It, it's really a pollutant. <laughs> it's so bad. So um, the EPA calculates a, a daily air quality index. They base it on five major pollutants, which are regulated by the Clean Air Act. They uh, regulated on ground level ozone particle pollution, which is known as that particulate matter, carbon monoxide, sulfur dioxide, and nitrogen dioxide. And these fine prod, uh, particles present the most serious health threat. And if you want to know how the air is in your area, I suggest going to this website because it's really helpful. It's uh, www.airnow.gov. That's A-I-R-N-O-W.gov. And it even has a graph with colors of, you know, where it's healthy and getting, you know, just okay and then unhealthy and then really unhealthy and like stay indoors. So um, we were at the highest level. 
So what they say is that exposure to this particle pollution is linked to premature death. And the EPA warns that the surgical and cloth masks and bandanas and scarves that you know are used to prevent the spread of coronavirus, they do not protect against smoke inhalation. You actually have to have the higher grade N95 masks and they, they protect you to a large extent. But of course, right now, who can get them? They're in short supply. They're reserved for medical workers. So maybe if you're going outside, you just wear two masks, but it is really hard to breathe when you do that. The Air Resources Board advises people in the affected areas to stay inside with their windows and doors shut. If you have an air conditioner, put it in the recirculating um, setting and then go to airnow.gov and keep track of conditions. Uh, I just have fans, and I did get a, have an air filter, so I've been filtering the inside of the house. So the adverse effects of smoky air, they uh, go well beyond spending too much time in front of the computer. California has registered so far about 675,000 cases of COVID-19 out of our five. 0.7 million cases in the U.S. And of course, the U.S. is leading the world in that category. And the prevalence of smoke only makes residents more vulnerable to this highly contagious disease, according to the physicians and um, experts in air quality measurements. So what you're seeing is um, people's systems become more sensitive to the coronavirus, and then they're going to be more prone to having more damage. And just the smoke alone induces a lot of asthma, bronchitis, uh, COPDs, which are the chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. So it gives a lot of acute effects that take place right away, and it's going to just weaken the system. So people who are around the smoke are going to be more susceptible to other diseases because our health system and our bodies are already overly taxed. So poor air quality, particularly during wildfire season, it's one of the most important environmental issues facing the state of California. And why poor air quality is always a concern for vulnerable respiratory populations anywhere in the United States. The air quality can become so bad during wildfire season that it poses a significant risk of negative health effects to anyone exposed to it. So if you are in a fire zone um, or in smoke area, please, please just stay indoors. Don't try to go exercising or jogging or playing tennis or any of those things. Stay indoors because the particles are so small and they go deep into your lungs. Well, I just before, I want to just do something quick here about helping you lower your phone and internet bills, as I promised. So how much are you actually paying every month for phone and internet services? I mean, these bills have become part of the average person's household necessities. They're just as essential as water and electricity and trash pickup. But most people are paying upwards of $100 a month for phone and Internet. And that number goes up further for those who have cable or if you have more than one uh, phone. So when looking to cut spending, there is one area where a little savings can go a long way. So here's a few ways to decrease the monthly number. First of all, watch your usage. How often do you check how much your data you're actually using? By monitoring how often you use your phone can have two big benefits because first it can show you 
what's hogging your data or whether or not it's even necessary. And even something as quick and easy as disabling background app updates can make a big difference in how much data you use. And second, it allows you to form better habits. And maybe you could scale down to a less expensive plan if you avoided checking Twitter while you're in line at the grocery store or making sure to connect to Wi-Fi at work or, you know, or our friend's house before using your phone. And of course, while uh, slower uploads and download speeds can be frustrating if you're trying to watch something on your phone like Netflix or you're trying to transfer files, most of us don't need the really, really high speed internet. It's more of a luxury than a necessity unless you're doing a lot of photos and videos. So check how you are using your home internet and that convenience may not be worth what you're paying for it. The another way, and oh, I should tell you just by doing this, um, both for phone and for internet, I was able to save quite a lot because what I realized uh, I didn't really realize, I mean, I really just use my phone as a phone. I do not check things really on it unless I'm out um, and then I'll just check my emails, but I don't stream. I, I don't do much on my phone. I really just want it for emergencies. And here I had a big old package, so I wasn't using any data. I was able to cut my phone charges almost in half. So the whole thing is to call your provider and just be really clear of what you want. Another way is you can save some dollars, and it's usually about $10 a month if you sign up for auto pay. I did that, and I'm saving $10 a month. So most carriers like T-Mobile, Verizon, Comcast, um, they'll offer a discount if you use auto pay. And I think AT&T does too. And so that's 120 bucks a year. And plus, auto pay means you're eliminating the risk of any late fees and you're not going to forget. Also, keep your phone longer. If you're currently paying off a phone upgrade in monthly installments, your bill's probably inflated because that shiny new device, um, you know, is going to cost you more for the next couple years. And then by that point, you might already be ready for a newer model. So as tempting as an upgrade may be, the longer you can stick with your device, as long as it's working and it's doing what you want, is, um, is going to be better. And if your phone is running slow, there are plenty of things you can do to speed it up without replacing it. And even if you're dealing with a damage or like a cracked screen, maybe that repair would be as little as $100 compared to maybe $500 for that average new smartphone cost. I know that I'm, I have an old iPhone, which I love. The, it was running slow. I went and got a new battery for 29 bucks and it's perfect. The other thing is to buy your own modem and router. Most providers charge monthly for a router and a modem rental. And within about two years, buying your own equipment will pay itself off. And for most people, investing in a router and a modem of your own is a smart idea and because you're going to save money in the long term. And then as with all utility bills, it's easy to pay automatically and then forget about it, but you might be paying too much for too little. So make sure to review your plan at least twice yearly to make sure you're making use of your current deals and your current usage what has been my experience is I put a, just a reminder on my calendar for every six months to check to see if I'm still in the best place. And almost without exception, I have been able to lower my bill at least a couple of dollars because there's usually some service that I am not using that I'm paying for. 
So I hope those were some good tips for you. And again, uh, if you're in the smoky area, stay out. And when we go, when we come back from break, we're going to meet with Rosalind Reed and her book, A Scandal at Crystalline. It's an early mystery, and we're going to, it's a whodunit, and it's fun. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I will be back in a bit. You don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is called... Well, thank you for staying with us here on Star Style. Be the star you are. We are coming to you live on the Voice America Network, and I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. And every Wednesday, we are bringing you Wednesday with Writers and Performers. It is an outreach program from Be the Star You Are charity as part of our Operation Disaster Relief. Again, we're going to probably have to be pivoting soon because of the fires and hurricanes, and we're going to have a lot of people we're going to have to help. But today we have a guest with us, Rosalind Reed. She wrote a an early mystery novel called A Scandal at Crystalline. Rosalind, are you with us? I think she's not there yet. So uh, when she, oh, she is with me. Okay. Rosalind, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Hello. Welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you. Well, you are coming to us from the beautiful state of Maine, which I imagine is uh, quite a bit cooler and not smoky like here in California. (laughs) That's correct. (laughs) Right. right. Well, let's talk about your uh, novel. 
So you've written A Scandal at Crystalline, and it's set in Maine, which is uh, your place. And um, let's first find out, obviously, when we're talking about a novel and a mystery novel, we can't give away what's going to happen. So let's talk about your process. Let's talk about your process in writing it. Why did you want to write a mystery in the first place, and what gave you the idea? Well, the funny thing is that I, I've been a writer for my whole life, really, um, but nonfiction. And I never thought I was actually good enough to write a mystery. But um, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, tell us, first of all, the kinds of things that you wrote before, and then what led you to writing a mystery? Uh, I used to write, believe it or not, gardening articles, and um, actually I've got some gardening uh, scenarios in the mystery. Um, my main uh, character... Well, say, I love, I love gardening articles. I write gardening articles and gardening books, too. So <laughs> that's what stood out in your bio, that you are a gardener. But it, a mystery in the garden, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's kind of a mystery in the garden. Um, I I would uh, I was uh, I used to write for an almanac, and uh, I wrote for it every year. And I figured, well, you know, you've got to have some interests as the character besides chasing people down. <laughs> and uh, so I said, why not gardening? That's one of his interests, and his son mm-hmm. too. So they both garden. Um, well, but, you know, you're supposed to write about things you know, so that was one of the things you know. But um, tell <laughs> us, I was really fascinated because besides gardening, I also raise pigs. <laughs> really? <laughs> and, yes, really, really. And um, the legend of the Raku pig was, it fascinated uh-huh. me, it horrified me, but it, <laughs> but it fascinated me. So how did you learn about that, and why was pottery kind of part of this whole mystery? Well, my, one of my friends is a Raku pottery artist, and uh, she actually told me about the legend. So I used her as a technical consultant on my book. Oh, and I, got, I got a lot of information from her about the process, which I describe in the book it sounded Um, like it turned out beautifully i mean beautiful pottery oh she does beautiful pot she's known uh, all over the country she ships everywhere and um she's pretty well known some of her stuff is just gorgeous i have a few things here but uh the other part is uh it was based on something i saw on tv which was an episode of the old alfred hitchcock show where the lady killed her husband with a frozen leg of lamb and then cooked the evidence and served it to the cops. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that was actually on a, Alfred Hitchcock. That is, that is her, that's horrific. <laughs> that's horrific. So well, I got the I, idea from that. It's a similar thing. Right, right. Well, I loved your detectives. I love their sense of humor. I thought they were, they just played off each other. So tell us about them and how you came up with, uh, with their characters and their backstories, because 
they've obviously just been, you know, such good friends, good old boys for such a long time. <laughs> and um, then they get involved in this. So. <laughs> yes, I, I woke up one morning and this book was writing itself in my head. And uh, it happened a couple of times, like the next day and the next day. And I, I, mean, I actually did it start tried in a dream, Rosalind. Did it start in a dream, or no, you just woke just up like and it a, was like, "Oh my gosh, I have to write this." Yeah, it was something like that. Not exactly a dream, but I was hearing the words, and um, he, it was a different beginning, which I got rid of later because it's better without it. But uh, I started. I actually tried to get it to stop because <laughs> what was I going to do? And um, eventually, I looked at it and I said, "Gee, this is." This sounds pretty good. Maybe I should write it down. <laughs> so I wrote it down, and I developed it, and I decided to make him kind of like a composite between President Obama and Dennis Haysbert from 24. Uh-huh. That kind of a character. Well, the, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, they're it, both it was, they're it, bo- fun. That's what I liked about them. I, I really I like their camaraderie. I love the fact that they... They constantly are ribbing each other, and mm-hmm. um, is it er- is it early or Hal that's always eating? He's always hungry. <laughs> Hal, he's always eating. Yeah. Hal, he always he's wants always eating. The restaurant. <laughs> right, right. That, I mean, and that then, was. And I, then uh, Chandler's sister was based on my best friend, Honoria. Uh, some people uh-huh. call her Honoria, but that's wrong. <laughs> it's Honoria. <laughs> And, and she so based, your best, so tell best us friend. about your best friend and why you decided to uh, use her as the character character witness, um, so to speak. Well, she's a very difficult person. She, she doesn't take oh. any BS from anybody, <laughs> and okay. uh, she sticks up for herself and she questions everything. And so I decided to try and make Honoria even worse. And I told this to my best friend, and she said, thank you for making me a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, flat. I'm sure she's very, she's flattered, though. I mean, she's yeah. saying that in a, with love. Well, what yeah, about Siri yeah. and Taziz? What do you, um, and then, of course, we don't really ever, we don't ever see Hammond, but um, tell us about right. each of the characters, like, you know, their, their evolution, uh, yeah, Hammond is just your average, uh, well, the Ponzi scheme was based on Ponzi an actual scheme. Ponzi scheme. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, is he your average Ponzi scheme developer? Um, that's him, huh? <laughs> right. Is he right. after They're... Madoff or something? <laughs> yeah, I found out when I did some research that there are like 47 Ponzi schemes active in the United States at any given time. Oh, my goodness. It's hard yeah, it's to protect terrible. yourself, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so this is based on an actual Ponzi scheme that my best friend got involved in. (laughs) And um, I had the documents from the court and everything, and so I knew uh, it was a little bit different from uh, what it was in the book, but my editor didn't think it sounded realistic, (laughs) although Ponzi schemes are all different, and they don't have to be that realistic to be truthful. Yeah, well, I, I think it gets back to that whole thing, right? If it sounds too good to be true, it's going to be true. I mean, kind right. of the dead giveaway was the sister was the only one that was getting any dividends, right? She was the only one yeah, that was getting anything. Right, right. That was just to keep mm-hmm. her quiet. So, And he right. knew he had to do that because of what she was like. 
<laughs> right, because she was the the uh, witch with the bee. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so if if she if she started anything, it would all fall apart. But um, basically, you know, Ponzi schemes are all the same. So what did you learn about Ponzi schemes while you were helping your friend or looking over her documents? I mean, did, <laughs> be very do you careful. feel like you would be able to not get involved in one? Oh, well, yeah, she wanted to, to she actually offered to uh, bring me in. And I said, look, yeah. it's an 11% interest rate. And that's ridiculous. Right. I just don't believe it. And I said, what, what is the basis for her paying this um, dividend? And she told me it was something about doctors who were getting loans for expanding their practices. And I said, well, why don't they go to the bank? You know, it just right. doesn't add up. It doesn't yeah. add up. That's, you know, that's so fascinating because when I think mm -hmm. back to what happened with Bernie Madoff, which was, it's just so, so many people were involved in that and so many affluent, smart Mm -hmm. companies and nonprofits and yeah. I mean you know and people trusted him because of who he was and what his position was right and that right. to me is really frightening that we could put our trust in someone who had a position in the government you know or in high finance and then they mm -hmm. do something like this I mean and, and there's no recourse and yes. there's just no recourse yeah yeah I think yes. that I think that the pig uh, getting back to the, I think that's a very that was a very that would be a very good use for somebody like Hammond or Madoff. <laughs> well, I wonder right? what color pottery he would make. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to have to be green, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would think so. so yeah. <laughs> speaking of you know all these stories that are circling around in your head. Now that oh. you have published your first mystery, uh -huh. and now you have proven to yourself that you actually are a mystery writer, <laughs> do you have other uh, characters popping up? Are, are, you, are you finding that all of a sudden now you're finding somebody else is coming into your consciousness and saying, write about me, write about me? <laughs> well, I have an exciting announcement to make right on your show. The oh, last oh night. Right. I love that. Okay, here it comes. <laughs> Wait a minute, drum roll. Dun, 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 dun. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> last night I sent the next book in the series to the publisher. So we can probably look forward to that next year. Oh, congratulations. And what Thank do we you. do we have a title or is that still confidential? Well, um, I don't know if they're going to change it, but I, I hope not. My publisher's pretty um, cooperative, but I call it the Spiricom. And a Spiricom is a device which was invented by Thomas Edison to talk to the spirits of the dead. Oh, that's so, fascinating. Oh, so, so is there like paranormal is, things yeah, in this as well? Yeah, it's a kind of a paranormal mystery. See, everyone in the series is different, and this one is mm -hmm. a paranormal mystery. How many do you have? How many have you decided to write at this point? I mean, I'm sure it can um, expand or change, but you know, yeah. in what what are the spirits telling you, Roslyn? How many <laughs> books are you going to write? Well, you never know, but um, I'm working on the third, which is more like a thriller, and hopefully, I'll write the fourth. They take a while. <laughs> so. 
I have a question since you were a gardener and I am a gardener. When uh-huh. I am in my garden, when I'm out in nature, it's where I get all my ideas. I mean, really? it's like I lose track of time and things just start flowing. I wished that I had a, you know, a computer or a typewriter in my head and it could just work yes. there. Do yes. you get your ideas when you're out in your garden or out in nature? Does that happen for you as well? No, I'm either uh, waking up or going to sleep or unfortunately working out (laughs) really okay so yours that's a totally different thing but so you're not Mm -hmm. dreaming about it then you're just waking up in the morning and the ideas are there the stories are there or you know the the plot something is there now you you love to you love to lift weights and you love to hike right Uh that's something so are, when you say when you're working out, are you usually like doing hiking or lifting weights or what kind of exercise are we talking about? I mean, what oh, is it usually, that brings those ideas? It's usually aerobics and uh, something will occur to me and then I'll start expanding on it and then I'll have to stop and write it down. <laughs> That's why yes. it's kind of unfortunate. <laughs> it's, it's important to write it down, isn't it? Because I find yes. that at least with me is if I don't write it down, what ends up happening is I'll think, oh, this is such a great idea. Oh, this is going to be a great title for my next article or whatever, chapter. Yes. And then if I don't write it down, it's gone. <laughs> it's like, yes. oh, no. Exactly. All right, I exactly. want to go back to, if anybody's just joining us, we are talking to Rosalind Reed and her uh, new novel, her first novel, An Early Mystery, is called The Scandal at Crystalline, and you just heard her. Her second one will be coming out next year, just went to the publisher, and she's planning on at least four of them. And um, she is a member of Authors Guild, and you can find her on Goodreads and LinkedIn and she has boards on Pinterest, and I'm thinking of boards on Pinterest because another pastime of yours is you renovate houses. So, <laughs> yeah. is tell us tell us about that. Does is it a renovation like you do the design of the house? Do you do the interior decor, or do you find you know old fixer uppers and you start from scratch and just completely you know go to it? It really depends on the house. Um... Right now we're doing one which we're doing in addition to, and we did a bump up. We put a second floor on it, and um, it was like a cape. So it had sort of a second floor. It had these bedrooms with these sloping ceilings. Uh, we did a true second floor, and we put an addition on the back. And, uh, yeah, well, then we do all the stuff like the floors and the paint and the... The, uh, and when you say um, we, are you talking about you and your husband, partner? Yes. Him, him yes. And, and our contractor. We oh, we're all in this together. Oh, well, that's that definitely keeps you busy. Now, with yeah. that, so I would expect that in one of your books, it's going to have to be <laughs> some mystery is going to have to happen. I mean, in one of these houses, right? <laughs> Yes, construction be, yes. sites are good for construction sites are good for getting rid of bodies. I understand. <laughs> I think construction sites are good for a lot of things. I mean, think about all the nail guns that are there and the saws. And oh, I like your thinking. The cement. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff going on there. You That's might, right. You won't have any writer's block, right, when you're out there no. working. 
No, so, the nail gun uh, murders. <laughs> the nail gun, exactly. You know, or I mean, it could even be glue gun. Who knows? <laughs> oh. oh, that's gruesome. Uh, burnt by glue, burnt by glue. <laughs> or just think about this on the second story or between the first and second story. You've put the body between the oh. ceiling and the next, <laughs> you know, in the rafters. Who Ew. knows? Oh my God. Or maybe in an old house, the rats come. <laughs> oh, oh, now, now you've Ew. got me going, Rosalind, and I don't write <laughs> mysteries, but I'm having fun with yours. <laughs> so um, well, we didn't talk should. about <laughs> we didn't talk about Tiki. Um, we we oh, only tiki, have a couple yeah. minutes left, but uh, who did you sure. base Tiki on? I don't know. Tiki, I think, is the character very much like me. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, he, there always has to be somebody in like yourself in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, you do find yourself in a book uh, <laughs> here and there, now and then. But he's very uh, much interested in everything, and he's lively, and he's very cheerful, and he's got an optimistic outlook. And he's he's like, murder? How could that be? <laughs> uh-huh. And he's curious. You know, yes. curious yes. is a very good uh, quality. Well, um, this is Rosalind Reed. Her mystery is a scandal at Crystalline, and you spell her name R O S L Y N, and the last name is R E I D. You can find her at Amazon, Amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Rosalind Reed. Um, if you check her at the Authors Guild, she's on Goodreads, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and of course, Twitter and Book Hub. Is there anything that you would like to uh, wrap it up with? I mean, we cannot give away any endings. Don't give away any endings. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say you're doing a great job. And my publisher, Foster Embry, is doing a great job. And um, we, I, I really appreciate your help for all the poor authors that had scheduled uh, appearances and stuff that just couldn't do it. I know. This is this was my gift to the universe, right? Because yeah. I believe in authors so much and I know how hard it is that when you have a disaster happen and you just launched a book and mm-hmm. I mean it's cuz it's so exciting. It's like you have a baby, right? You've just birthed a baby and nobody can see it and nobody can, you know, hold it. So I want I want to just give that opportunity to authors to get their works out there. So Rosalind, thank you so much for sharing a scandal at Crystalline, and um, we'll look forward to these next mysteries. And I'm very excited to see what happens in the gardens and in those hot ha- the houses. Maybe you'll even have a haunted house too. This is going to yeah, be I do. Great. It's in the next book. <laughs> yes, I would think so. If it's going to have a little paranormal to it, we have to have a little right. bit of that. Well, thank you for being on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Again, listeners, Rosalind Reed, A Scandal at Crystalline. It's a really fast, fun read. If you are a mystery lover, you'll love it because it has a lot of humor in it, but it has a lot of twists and turns. And then don't forget the pig. Love the pig. Find (laughs) her on Amazon, Goodreads, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Book Hub, or Twitter, Rosalind Reed. Thank you so much for being on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and I'll be right back with more. Please don't go away. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Change your world. 
change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to build loyalty? If COVID-19 has taught us anything, it's the importance of treating people fairly all the time. We have to embrace empathy. We must listen to each other. Scripted words such as, oh, I understand how you feel, or I apologize, they don't ring true without sincerity. We build loyalty and longevity by caring about our fellow people, our employees, our customers, our bosses, our families, and our friends. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with an Another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan, B R I A N.com. Be the star you are. The star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. Bethestarur.org. Dare to care. us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Well, we are back, back, back. Thanks for staying with me. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We are coming to you live on the greatest radio network in the world, Voice America Network. So we're so glad that you're with us. And these programs that I'm bringing you every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m., are part of our Operation Disaster Relief from Be the Star You Are. And we're calling it Wednesdays with Writers and Performers because the goal is to give authors, actors, artists, creatives, the opportunity to get their works some promotion because ever since COVID-19 hit, everything is closed down. There are no book signings. You know, you can't go to a bookstore. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And like on, um, on Express Yourself, we're doing Super Smart Sundays. So we're doing the same thing and bringing musicians, all different kinds of people that are in the creative life just so that you can hear them and witness their works and then you can get their their uh, books or their music or, or their shows a streaming you can get anything online well i want to talk about the future of healthcare because the pandemic has turned health care from like a maybe one day to right now we need something and telemedicine is like the 
deal. Now, as recently as nine, as last year, only 8% of Americans had ever used telemedicine. And it changed overnight with some practitioners reporting that up to 95% of their patient visits are now virtual. And insurance companies and health providers are advertising their telemedicine offerings because they're paying for them. Now, I had never used telemedicine until two weeks ago when I had to be tested for COVID-19 because uh, somebody that I know had um, tested positive and I hadn't been around that person, but somebody else that I know had been and I'd been with them. So, but the telemedicine was terrific. It was, uh, the only issue was I had to wait online for about an hour for uh, the doctor to come because he was so busy with telemedicine. But it was just really great to be able to see the doctor and he could see me and then, you know, ask all the different questions. Um, and then I went and got my test. Fortunately, everything was negative and everything was fine. But I thought to myself, wow. I want to use telemedicine from now on because it saves you having to make the drive. And especially if you're really sick or, or if you're just, you know, you have, I don't know, a, a bad flu or a bad cold, or maybe you're getting bronchitis and maybe you just need some kind of medication that they can tell you right from the comfort of your home what's going on. Now, what is telemedicine? It is defined as a visit between a patient and a healthcare provider by telephone, smartphone, tablet, or computer. And it's just one part of telehealth, which also includes programs such as at-home patient monitoring and physician or, or um, physician consults. So an example, they even have teleradiology, in which a CT scan and MRIs are interpreted by radiologists who can be on a different continent, I love that, than the patient's doctor. So it's very innovative, and telehealth programs are, have been really successful at reducing the need for patients to go to the ER or to be hospitalized, and they're proving so attractive to patients and healthcare providers that many experts believe this form of medicine may become routine. We have um, another friend who recently had to take a trip to the ER, and sadly, he contracted COVID-19 at the ER. And so if you don't have to go to the hospital, or especially now, and you can do telemedicine, you're going to be a little bit, you know, it'll be probably healthier, right? So um, telemedicine is really coming of age. It's been talked about as the wave of the future for many, many years, but it took a lot of radical changes in federal and state regulations and insurance policies over the past few months, as well as a change in consumer awareness and behavior to thrust that future upon us today. For example, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services um, they've temporarily lifted regulations that prevented reimbursement for telemedicine visits outside of rural areas, and they didn't allow doctors to treat patients across straight li uh, state lines, but that's changed now. So who for patients who have trouble traveling to far away for doctors, telemedicine is especially, especially excellent. Now, Telehealth programs are offering advantages beyond that reduced exposure to infectious diseases, 
Because l- let's say you live with a chronic condition like congestive heart failure, or you have diabetes, or you have lung uh, disease, you know, like a chronic lung disease. You could probably benefit for more frequent and even continuous oversight of your health status um, if you can receive telemedicine instead of having these intermittent, intermittent in-person visits. And most health um, insurance companies now are paying for telemedicine. I know my insurance is through Screen Actors Guild, um, and it did pick up the charge for my telemedicine visit. Now, artificial intelligence, AI, is another aspect of telehealth, and it's being used to reduce a potentially deadly problem, which is called alarm fatigue. And that's what happens when your health monitoring system cries wolf often enough that the staff fail to react quickly to a potentially life-threatening situation. Sometimes it's created by a sheer number of real emergencies, but in nursing homes, for example, or rehabilitation clinics, or even hospitals, alarms can send staff running from room to room to investigate a situation without knowing what patient should be seen first. So with artificial intelligence, it's going to, it's going to be helping some of that telehealth. Now, um, will telehealth remain the new normal once COVID-19 is over? I, I don't think anybody really knows. It depends a large part on how insurers and government agencies decide to approach uh, this complicated web of American healthcare, which is so expensive. Insurance is just way too expensive. So for example, government restrictions have historically limited digital access to a patient's health records. And regulations also have required electronic communications, including virtual visits to be encrypted in order to avoid uh, any security breaches of a patient's personal medical record. But that security standard changed with the pandemic because the Department of Health and Human Services, they had to relax the privacy rules to allow doctors to use previously off-limit technologies like FaceTime, Skype, and Zoom. So these popular video services, they offer free and business versions, and then the latter tend to be more secure. However... Um, the Department of Health and Human Services encourages healthcare providers to notify patients that these third-party applications potentially, and potentially, I'm going to stress that, could introduce privacy risks. So what's going to happen to the regulations when the pandemic passes? The digital divide is another obstacle. Now, according to the FCC, 21 million Americans lack broadband internet access, and that problem is especially acute in rural areas and among the poor. And many patients don't have a smartphone, um, and that is required for visual visits, while others would rely on a cell phone, and they may have inadequate reception, which makes even a simple phone visit difficult. So that's going to be something um, that is hopefully going to be addressed. And will it'll be seen whether they'll get any funding from Congress to, um, to expand the broadband services. And then how health insurance companies view telemedicine is a third variable. A, a 2018 survey found that the leading reason doctors said they were reluctant to offer telemedicine services was because insurers either didn't cover virtual visits or they were reimbursing them at lower rates. 
but now that uh, if this is an emergency, the reimbursements, I think, um, are just the same as a regular uh, doctor. So when we need access to heli- uh, telehealth, um, it would be really wonderful if we can just pick up our phone or go on Skype or Zoom or FaceTime. And hopefully these technologies will increase and we'll have some advocacy for patients. Well, that is our show for today for Wednesdays with writers and performers on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Make sure you're tuned in every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, coming to you live on the Voice America Network. You can change your life, make your dreams come true, and have some fun and get some critical information. For more information about Star Style Productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com. And to make a donation or get involved with Be The Star You Are, we'd love you to donate to Operation Disaster Relief. Uh, because now we've got the fires and the hurricanes and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to need some help. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. BeTheStarYouAre.org. Until we celebrate again next week, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. And be here for our power party next Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Have a great week. And stay out of the smoke. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. The star you been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you ignite the flame that burns brightly within Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. Keep caring. Keep caring. Keep caring. Keep caring.